Welcome to Optivate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of our Women in Mobile series here on Aptivate, brought to you by Remerge. In this series, we sit down with a woman in mobile and dive into their backgrounds, careers, motivations, and tips to succeed as a woman in our industry. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Mariana Davila, who is the head of growth at AppReach. Welcome, Mariana. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so glad to be here with this beautiful project that you and Remerge are building. Ah, thank you. We are so happy to have you. I am glad that we are finally recording and love having guests from all over the world. You are in Sao Paulo, right? Actually, I'm now at Ceará in a beach called Taiba, where I live for half part of my life by now. I started living here after the pandemic situation. And now I split my time between Sao Paulo and Ceará. <laughs> Amazing. I am so jealous. I wish I was at a beach right now. Yeah, but it's like home office all day and then surfing only the weekends. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're a surfer. Yeah, I am. I'm learning. It's like a sport that you need to have a long improvement, years of practicing. And now I'm starting with kite surfing as well, because here is like Hawaii for kite surfing. Wow. So cool. Have you seen the documentary Thousand Foot Wave on HBO? Yeah, I saw it. It's amazing. It's amazing. How they discover how to surf in that big waves and Nazareth, like before it was known. And all the infrastructure that they need to have for do this kind of sports. Because for me, it's besides surfing. It's all their level of surfing. Yeah, it's truly incredible. I imagine you're probably not surfing waves like that, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not crazy in this way yet. <laughs> someday. Maybe someday. We'll never know. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I am extremely jealous of your living situation. Very cool. And this is what the pandemic has brought us is that flexibility. So yeah, sure. I always appreciate when I hear stories of people getting out of the cities and spending their time somewhere a little bit more relaxed because we all need that from time to time. We all need it. And it's helping me a lot to do like with a lot of the challenging situation that we have on our daily basis, mainly with those working with mobile, everything changed every day. You need to be catch up performance. It's real time thing. Yeah. Nonstop in this industry. Nonstop. Yeah. So many changes going on. It's a lot to keep up with. So it's nice to have that outlet, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. So just speaking a little bit about your background. So you are at AppReach. So to get us started, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and who AppReach is, what your role is. I know you've been there for quite some time now. So it'd be good to introduce everybody who might not be as familiar with the company. AppReach, it's a mobile ad tech. Uh, focused on in-app media that aims to provide buy intelligence and consultancy for clients to have a holistic media strategy, including not only the expertise of 
working with user acquisition and retargeting campaigns, but looking at the app as an environment with a lot of variables that we need to look at and guide our clients around mobile and good practices around it. So now I'm working as a head of growth position, helping AppReach, it's a scale process. So now I'm mapping all the improvements, processes and tools that we need to have, applying methods to increase efficiency, working along data and product team to develop automations and make sure that everything is measurable for us to implement KPIs further and all this growth stuff that I'm loving to do because I've been working with the accounting part for almost seven years by now. And now since I've became a manager, I started looking at the whole business as one and not only the client situation as a business. I'm also working closely to some key clients to help them understand their needs and how the company can attend it and create a strong structure of customer success. So one area that I thought was really cool was that you've been in mobile for quite some time now. You started your career in mobile, which is very different considering it's still somewhat of a newer industry, always changing. And now you are a manager of a team. You've taken on a leadership role. You're very young in your career. Truly challenging. I know that. I was in a similar situation. I started in a leadership role six years ago now. And it was extremely daunting just being a younger female leader in the workplace. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I started in mobile like for four years, five years by now. And I started actually working with ASO strategies. So my background is quite like for the organic part and the paid media part. And I started studying the influence that paid media had on organic behavior, what we call sometimes organic uplift. And I didn't know that what I was going in by working with mobile, but then I fell in love with all the technical stuff and working with data was something that I really wanted after I got out the advertising industry. So I find myself on it and it was quite natural to become a manager. I think it's a soft skill that I have and I really like to be like inspiration for people. I see myself doing things and being proud of it. And I think this is the main thing that made me become a manager and being a young manager was tough because I was learning a lot of things, the industry things, the technical things, and managing a team. So I was learning both things at the same time. And then we got in a situation of pandemia. It was really challenging as well, but it made me stronger. And I'm very proud of all this path. Yeah, no, that's great. For me, what I kind of struggle with sometimes as a leader and even being when I was a newer manager was feeling like I had to have all the answers and you want to be valuable and be available for your team and be able to be that solution seeker. But how have you been able to deal with that? Because I think it's a very common feeling that many people that step into leadership roles feel. 
I had plenty of help. I always say to people who work with me that you need to have your net of people very clear for you. You don't need to have all the answers. And I consider myself a generalist person because it's not wrong to question people. It's not wrong to say, I don't know this, but I will try to understand and then I, I will come with an answer. I always had some people that were people who were model for me at some topic. So I knew that when I had a problem around this topic, I could count on that people in specific. So this is a very important exercise for you to have when you are a manager or not. So if you're not working as a manager, you need to have your net and to know all the people that you can reach to ask something, to ask for help. And I had all the support around amazing people in my life, not only professionally, but personally, which I think is linked. And I think you need always to raise your hand, to be humble, to say, I don't know. And then you need to know when you need to study things because, for example, I was being a manager and then I find myself in a situation that I was only studying about being a manager, about people, about how to deal with them, how to deal with their frustrations and all these things. And then I saw that I was being a part of, of all the things that were happening in, at the industry. So at that time, I said, I need to get in touch with it. I need to get back to my team. I need to get back to clients. I need to listen to them and understand what is going on. Because if a person who works with me asks me something and I really don't know how to answer it, it's okay to have some examples of it. But when it became something currently, something that happens all the time, you need to understand where you need to study, where you're failing, and how you can improve your technical skills. That's why, too, I took a step back on my career to start getting in touch with more clients and more of that situation to catch up with all the technical experience that I had and start again. But now knowing that I cannot forget about all this technical stuff that I need to study. At the same time, I study other things in my life. So you need to be aware of what skills you need to have and don't forget about it. Yeah. And also identify the gaps like you did, where you know that, okay, this is an area that I need to focus on. It's an area I'm not as strong in. We can't be the best at everything. Uh, and I think that's very important. Sure. It's very, very important to turn this and to be self-aware of that. And self-knowledge, I think it's one of the main important things that you need to have. Because if you don't know yourself, if you don't know your triggers, you'll find yourself lost. And not professionally, but what you want for your life and not be ashamed like to give a step back or something like that for sure it was not only the main point that made me do this decision but it was very clarifying for me to go to another experience 
face it and then understand what I truly want and the path that I needed to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brings me to my next question is walk us through your day to day. What are some deal breakers? What is like necessary so that you are constantly improving? So it sounds like that's very important for you, this like constant state of improvement. So I'm just curious, what does your day to day look like? What does it take to be successful? I think my day to day, besides my work and what I do, which is the things that I said around all the time thinking about the industry and what's going on and doing plans and strategies to growth and to bring more people with skills that are going to complement our team. So it's quite a 360 way to look at the business. But besides doing it every day and um, having my routine, which is so organized, so this is the key that I believe also to have success. So it's like a cheesy thing to say, but it's true. So every three months, I reorganize my agenda because our tasks change. So we need to change. That's a good point. Yeah. There's probably meetings you have on your calendar that have just been there in perpetuity and you never change them. And yeah, it might be irrelevant, but it's just always been on the calendar. So you never change it. Sure. And to have spaces on your agenda to be creative, to think. One thing that I always say to my team as well is that if you don't know the answer, stop trying. Start looking at a wall. I don't know. Because if you don't know the answer, it will come on a time that you're not thinking about it. So to have breaks, to respect your personal space, to have a hobby, all of these things will contribute to your performance as a professional. That's a great point. Having those outlets and also breaks, like I find that when I'm in meetings all day and I don't have any downtime or time to focus on something for me, I am less productive. I'm not at my best. I know that when I'm coming to those meetings, I'm not putting my best foot forward and it drains your creativity too, to even you know, problem solve where that's what you should be doing in, in most of these meetings, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's the thing that I said, like in the beginning of our conversation, you need to find what you truly love to do, because if you have all of your aspects of life filled with passion, then you'll have a better self-performer. Uh, around your job. And I consider myself as a very creative person. So I know that and I try to work with this thing that I know. Sometimes I'll not be like in front of my computer, but with papers and a board and colorful pencils and all this stuff. This is what makes me inspired of building a process or doing a strategy, for example, I know that I work this way. So I need to respect that and make those spaces on my schedule because I know that this in the end will improve all the things that I need to do. This will bring me more focus and will help me lead to through the problems that we face every day. And it's great that you've recognized all this and so early on, because I think it takes a while to have that self-reflection because sometimes you're just going through the motions and you're trying to keep your head above water. At least that's how I felt, especially when I became a manager for the first time. 
So having that self-reflection, I think is great. And we need to allow for that. What is like one leadership lesson like you've learned so far that has transformed your thinking? I have one leader that was so great for me in my life. And she told me one thing that is knowledge is the one thing that no one can take it from you. So be committed to developing it every day because you can go to a job to job, you can move countries, you can do a lot of things, but the only thing that will came with you is your body and your mind and your knowledge. So this is the thing that I always try to improve because sometimes you think that this kind of thing that you're learning, oh, I don't know if I'm going to use it one day, but then suddenly you say, oh, I don't know how I know it, but it will help me to solve this problem or to be on a conversation with a client. So it's knowledge not around what you do for your job, but around everything, everything that you like, everything that is important, everything that you can construct to be a strong professional. And I also really love to teach people. So I'm very interested on reading things. And I'm this kind of person who is always, do you know that if you drink coffee in the time that you wake, you probably have like a drop of energy by four o'clock. <laughs> so this <laughs> thing facts. Yeah, fun facts, not not things about only what you do for a living. Yeah, it's being dynamic because we aren't defined by our jobs. Yeah, exactly. And besides our jobs, we are always dealing with people. So I learn a lot from them. And from what they do, I'm very interested on that. And I think it's also a key to be a good manager, to listen to the people that you're working with and understanding that it's not about yourself and what you're trying to achieve because you have your own goals to achieve. Sometimes it's even different from the team that you're trying to lead. So if you have like an active listening to them, then you know what motivates them, what they are trying to pursue for their lives. And if you help them in an active way, then you have people working with passion. And there's no better key to success than working with something that every day you wake up and you are willing to do. This is the other thing that I think my curiosity always helps on listening to people and understanding what are their drives and what they are really good at. Because I think this is a very good tip for the ones that are managers. Yeah. And to that point, okay, you might not have all the answers. And I think you can learn from the people on your team and you shouldn't be learning from the people on your team. It's a two-way street. And I loved what you said earlier about being an active listener and not making it about you. And that was a piece of advice that somebody gave me when I first stepped into a management role was it's no longer about you anymore. It's about your team and it's what are their needs? How do you help them? And in a sense, like, because you're able to help them, you can grow the organization and elevate them, elevate yourself. And like, to me, that's where I find so much joy is 
listening to my team and understanding, okay, what does make them tick? What do they want? What opportunities can I give them? So I'd have to really agree with what everything you said there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And sometimes like it's not a bed of roses because you need to like put a filter in some things that happen in a sea levels environment or this kind of things. Or sometimes you're not in the mood and you need to be happy. You need to be positive to people and encourage them to fight through their challenges. But behind a screen, you are facing your own problems. And it's hard as well to be every day this model for people. I think this is one thing that scared me at the first point of wherein I was being a manager for the first time because I had like some situations where I didn't agree with what was going on and I was trying to fight for myself and fight for my team. But then I needed to have like this great position, this positive position in front of them and help them with their problems and dealing with my problems at the same time. I think it's the other part of being a manager that we don't speak about. Definitely. With that, like what has been the most challenging part of your career so far, whether it is stepping into a management role, maybe not, but what has been the most challenging? By being a manager, the most challenging thing was the pandemia, for sure. I think everyone has a good story about how it was very difficult. Everything was changing so fast. And I put myself into it because I was learning all these things about being a manager. I had a multicultural team, so it was not only Brazilians. And I had a team recently hired for an expansion that we were doing for LATAM. So it was very, very hard to train all these people virtually. Yeah, it's difficult to train them personally. So we were all trying to understand how to do it. Now I have a lot of good examples and I don't have problems on training people, but I needed to develop this skill and study a lot, study a lot about how can I understand people and their needs that are so different and how I would work with these people in a singular way. But I think besides this whole pandemia situation, knowing that we are talking here about women experience in the industry, I think the most challenging experience that I had wasn't being a manager but it was when I needed to be a sales executive for a card buying and selling platform, like a classified platform for cars. So this was before you even got into mobile. Yeah, exactly. But I'm now remembering it. And it's strange how this feels inside me because I remember those days not being good not being pleasurable i do had some great times there but i was always finding myself in a situation that was very very challenging and it was because actually i was hired to build the customer success area and i was working with it the product was being developed 
but suddenly we seen ourselves needing a sales executive and they got the brilliant idea to bring me in on this almost against my will to be exactly on the point and i passed through some hard trainings about being a sales executive because i was only working with accounting and clients it was very great because i learned a lot of things that i apply until now but all the trainings was being performed by men and the company was made of 23 people and only three of them were women so wow that is such a low percentage yeah it is and it was like 20 young men recently graduated and with all this prejudice that they have and all this male stuff but besides the office and all the plays that they do with the girls they started to doing a score of how we dressed and who had the better outfit that day oh my gosh yeah we had a score of the one who did coffee that day how did you even find this out were they open about it do you know when you're so young that you only notice what was going on by now because yeah you're like looking back on it (laughs) yeah exactly and it's for me saying it right now seems like i'm a fool (laughs) how could i like support all this stuff but i was young i was trying to make something i was trying to achieve a dream and dealing with all this was self-improvement as well in that situation obviously looking back it's a lot clearer for you but like how do we speak up in that situation and say something like did anybody say something yeah i i was always saying something actually i was the only one being the crazy girl at the room because it seemed that way i was like guys why you're doing this kind of score situation this is not fun this is only fun for you you need to respect me and the other girls it's not because you're the major here that you should do whatever you want so be respectful and at that time i was saying one two three times until one day that i was being very almost aggressive about it but because i had this space it was not that i was dealing with someone that i didn't know so i needed to be like strong on that situation and say where the boundaries are and how i wanted to be treated after this they took off the score of our board and start doing it on a google sheet <laughs> so it was actually out in the public when you were telling me the story i was imagining that it was hidden from you but no no it was on a big board and they started it one day and i was like always oh with that like how do we you spoke up which is incredibly admirable of you to do that because in most instances just being one of three women at the company you probably hold back so how do we allow women to have a voice in the workplace and 
have the courage to speak up in a situation like that, or really in any situation, even if you're in a meeting and you're afraid because you're surrounded by men, how do we give women those voices and encourage them to do so? I think the thing that made me have this disposition of speaking up and doing things, it's because I was confident about what I was saying, because it was something that was really bothering me and I needed to say so. So they need to know that they're not building a good environment for everyone. And sometimes we find ourselves trying to avoid some kind of situation and speaking about it and say, oh no, let's overpass the situation or something like that. But when you have like this confidence and being afraid is the only thing that will stop you, you need to first analyze the situation. So as I said, I find myself very angry with them and being hard on them because I know the guys. It's not like we were not friends. It was like just not the best environment to be with. So I studied all the people that were there and I knew until where I should go, until what was the level of my voice, the words that I needed to use. And not forget that I was on a um, professional space. So always remembering. Even though they were acting unprofessional. Uh, exactly, exactly. So the key is not to lose yourself on the situation. It's always take a deep breath, see what's going on, see the people that you're with, they are tended to accept the thing that you're saying, even though they will not do it in front of you, but instead of it on a Google sheet or other stuff. But do not think about it. Think about like putting it out, saying it, and to open the space to the other girls to say something. Because after this, the other girls started positioning themselves and saying, yeah, I agree with Mari and this is not right. Please guys, stop. And although they didn't stop, but I think be confident if you have your space or not, build it. Like the thing that you should not do is to don't speak, don't stand for it or try to find your net again, your support net. If you don't know how to deal with it, with this kind of situation, try to find someone more expert than you that should probably know the answer, talk about it and say, what should I do the next time some kind of this situation happens? Don't try to find the answers by yourself. At some point, this will be natural, I think, going through all this stuff and dealing with the boys from the office was not the only part of it because the prospects that I was trying to sell were worse than this. And I needed to, to start talking with people that I know and saying, look, I'm in this situation. I don't know if I can do this no more. And what should I do? Should I say to my boss that I really want to go back and build the uh, customer success team? And I don't want to work with this anymore. So it's important for you to know where the boundaries are 
and we are constantly trying to prove ourselves and to be challenging and to build our careers and most for us that are women and this is like natural for us to try to have a space but it's very important to preserve your body and your mind when you're on this kind of situation absolutely you talked about having that network how have you been able to build a network and find other females that can be your mentor or not even mentor but just a confidant i think it was through my experiences that i've been through identifying inside the company the leaders that you can see yourself and some people that you admire sometimes you'll not admire everything about a person and actually one of my greatest leaders was a person that i didn't agree with a lot of things that she was doing but i could see the other parts that made me think oh i should follow this girl because she's good i will learn a lot of, with her and it ended up that we are like best friends nowadays but yeah and you need to find this person at your company and try to approach them even though this person is not on your team or you can try to expand it not on your company but searching for people on linkedin today we have all this tools to approach people so many tools i know yeah, so many right. tools and support groups for example camila canero the one the one yes. girl yeah from a her as a guest on here yeah exactly she talked about a group that we have here in brazil called women in growth and it's a whatsapp group but actually we are doing our first event and now on may so it's getting bigger Amazing. first ever first ever event yeah exactly so it's getting bigger like baby borning and i'm going to mediate i don't know how to say this i'm going to be the one moderator moderator exactly so this group help a lot of people a lot of women at our industry and even yesterday i was talking with some of them because we were talking about men's planning and how could we deal with this kind of situation and i was sharing some of the experiences that i had and how i ended up trying to deal with the situation but making it clear that it was not cool and when should we give this tip and try to teach someone that wants to understand and comprehend the situation and when we need just to between quotes accept it and first understand and map this person and then in the next situation you will know how to speak with this person in a better way because sometimes people can be reactive yeah pick your battles like you can't always speak up and i think that's we feel like oh we need to always speak up always speak up but choosing the right moment to do it where it's going to be the most impactful and it's actually going to get through to them yeah and when you know the person you're dealing with you can choose the right words and know how to touch their hearts like with the message that you're trying to pass definitely i have an example of a situation that i was seeing 
situation where men of our industry were not being respectful with some girls at an, an event. And he was... Unfortunately, I feel like that happens far too often. Exactly. And we do speak a lot about it, a woman in growth group. How should we act? How should we answer of some topics that men typically bring in just because they think they can and we are not in professional space, even though we are. And just because we are in a happy hour or something like that, they think they can approach us and, I don't know, talk whatever they want. I found myself in a situation that was not happening directly with me, but with a girl that worked with me by that time. And this guy was approaching and not being respectful and saying a bunch of stuff that wasn't cool. By that time, I took him out of the situation and said, hey, let's talk for a minute. And then I said, look, you've been drinking. You're not on a position of knowing exactly what you're doing, I guess. But what you were doing can change the way people see you. Because at this event, actually, this guy spoke on a panel and he was very happy of this achievement on his career. And that's why he was drinking a little bit more than usual. So I said, people can see you by a man that was doing a lot of disrespectful stuff at the happy hour and not the man that standed at the stage and talked with people and had this achievement on your career. So think about who of these two examples you wanted to be remembered and start looking at these girls as the ones that will probably be in not much time being seated beside you on a board meeting or a panel or, a yeah. panel or you being interviewed by them for a position on their team or something like that. And I said, be aware, women are growing. We're becoming a leader. So do not do this. You're like messing it up. Be respectful with your career as well and try to learn something from what I'm telling you. And I think for the first moment, after I said all these things, even though it was so respectful with him and trying to help him, all my discussion with him was just trying to help, just trying to give him a reflection and not being positive or something like that. Because this will not bring us to anywhere. I know that sometimes we need to screen and these screens of some women are very important for us but in a business way the thing that you can find to do with this situation is bring a reflection to this person and I only could give him this advice because I knew him I knew him and I was already dealing with him through other situations that I found like unrespectful but with myself and then when I could scan this guy and what his motivators was. So I said, no, this is the time I'm going to speak with him and in a clever way, but I need to do something. So this is an example that I always do with the girls that I've worked with. 
and I think we can summarize it in be professional, be respectful, don't be afraid of saying things. If the guy didn't comprehend it, if he's being aggressive, just choose your battle and say, okay, I'm sorry if I bother you, but I think that I should tell you because I care about you. But mm -hmm. I'm a bigger person. Exactly, exactly. So trying to be on that position of speaking and caring about the person, it's easily to build a connection between you and the other person and not being aggressive because you will only have aggression back. Yeah, being human about it. And I love what you said about like beware because you make a good point that a lot of these women that he was interfering with, they are his peers or they might end up working together in some capacity. The industry is small. So I love that. Beware. Beware. Exactly. are moving into these roles. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to say that some of these girls that were with me on this event are like growing and achieving the position that this guy had at that time. So they will probably be in touch soon. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. Unfortunately for him. <laughs> Mariana, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. What is the best way for our listeners to reach out to you, get in touch with you if they have questions, want to network, build their network? You can reach me by my LinkedIn. I'm always replying to people there. And we can certainly have a chat. I'm a lover of building relationship and helping people in learning from them and teaching them as well. So I'll be so glad to help if some of our listeners want to speak about something or share some situation that are trying to deal with. So don't be afraid to reach me. Great. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. I really enjoyed our conversation. And for our listeners, today's guest is Mariana Diavila from AppReach. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.